Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor, and my special guest today, while we're waiting on Stan's recovery, and God only knows when that will be, but uh, my special guest uh, has been an intern in our church, but before that, Ryan Kreitzer was and is the team leader for uh, Waterloo Region in Power to Change, uh, which, Ryan, is why you're here today, because uh, in our conversations uh, you might want to say hello to the... Hello, everyone. Yes, okay. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> uh, Ryan, uh, you've got a really interesting job and a window into uh, what young people are thinking and how to have gospel conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to talk about um, what you're doing with Power to Change and how you go about engaging students today. It used to be, for some... You had to have a couple of silver bullets to deal with uh, archaeology or some aspect of science, and and mm-hmm. then the, the the house of cards would topple and people would surrender. I mean, that was some thinking about apologetics with students, but um, help us understand uh, what it's really like today to uh, be in the the present day context of students. With all the issues of our day, the, 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 the way that our whole society is rapidly changing its view of truth and morality, mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of it. So help us understand this, what's going on. How can we pray and witness to students? Yeah, well, I do think the plausibility structures that students have for Christianity have been changing today. Like there is more potential defeater beliefs than maybe there were before. Okay, you got some of our our listeners wouldn't understand the plausibility structure. Yeah, so to to understand whether something is possibly true and whether there's a whole framework around a worldview as to why you would just take uh, even another person's word at first uh, to be something you would listen to or not uh, is interesting because... There is a real relativism, for sure, <laughs> that goes around. Mm-hmm. I mean, every uh, ex- person's point of view is often validated, uh, except for anything that's said to be objectively true, like including Christianity. So there, there has to be uh, a little bit of uh, maybe a reorientation of what people think of Christians for, because sometimes they do start with a view that Christians are dangerous people, in a sense, uh, which was shown through the book, uh, I think, called Unchristian uh, by Kinnaman and uh, yeah, another author. So is Christianity plausible? Well, it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the key thing that I think we need to sometimes have is longer relationships with people um, than maybe it's not just a one-off conversation. Although, I mean, I think God's, the Holy Spirit works in any conversation such that people can see the plausibility of Christianity even in one conversation, but they often uh, first uh, have to overcome some of the stereotypes of Christians uh, when you're first meeting with them, so... Okay, I, is that a real thing today? Like, like, are there people who know enough about Christianity to hate it? Or are they, are they totally oblivious to the things that they might otherwise hate if they did know? 
Yeah, I mean, many are very biblically illiterate. So, I mean, even when you bring up, uh, like one of my favorite questions, uh, usually a little bit later on into a conversation with students, is to ask them, like, I'm just really curious, like, what, what do you think Christians believe? What is the main message of Christianity? And, I mean, inevitably, they usually say something along the lines of being kind to people or even... Um, Sometimes it's like having strong views on uh, sexuality or other things that they hear in the media. And so, I mean, it's usually a little bit surprising, or at least try to reorientate them to say, well, there's a lot more to it. I mean, really, we can't be a good person. <laughs> like, that's, that's, it's not about just that we have to be good persons. And so they, there's a bit of a picture sometimes that they have of Christians that needs to be broken a lot of times. Uh, or, I mean, or reorientated is the way I like to put it, yeah. So, but when you reorient them to the Christian worldview, that, mm-hmm. that might at some point offend them, right? Oh, Maybe for sure. ignorance is bliss, and then you, you <laughs> tell them that, hey, I really don't like the claims of Jesus Christ. Now now mm-hmm. I know what I hate. I mean, does that happen? Well, the, there, not everyone would be strong. There are strong views, and I would say, like, you'll come, you do come across some people who are very strong, and I would say that there are pretty much some people that seem like atheist evangelists, even on the campus, like some of the professors mm-hmm. at times, the way I've heard them speak, uh, has been very strong. And, I mean, part of how we engage with people is our gospel posture, too. So having a really strong authoritarian uh, or angry tone is not the posture we want to have, but that's how sometimes it's received to us, yeah. So what's the posture that we need to have? Well, grace and truth together. I mean, it, it is like one where we recognize that there's process for people. They're, they're human, and so mm-hmm. some of their experience can be validated. Like if, if they had a bad experience in church or they uh, experienced... Uh, um, an uncle or someone who was just unkind to their their worldview at that point, like that that affected them. Uh, and so, listening and understanding where they're coming from first is often a place that invokes further conversation and dialogue. And so, if if we're not hospitable, uh, we often don't get the chance to share the gospel in a winsome way. Yeah. Okay, where would students find the most? Um, uh, resistance, uh, systemic resistance in the university? Is it is it at the administration level? Is it in the classroom? Is it with the students? Because I'm assuming that there's opposition, and I've, I've heard it's quite hostile, but maybe mm-hmm. it's not uniform. So, Well, it really depends, yeah. I mean, each individual person and each class would be different. But I, I think the majority of challenge I have heard is perhaps in certain humanities that relate to um, free expression or or like anthropology. Like there are professors I've heard of that have told students they're stupid if they believe in Christianity. Um, but there's also other classes like a lot of times, I don't know why there's a trend towards even physics and math classes that there are more Christians in there, whereas some of the humanities and some of the biology classes, there's less Christian professors. Um, but that's um, interesting, maybe because of the pressures in the, ac- the higher level academia in those subjects. Uh, but most of the time, I think the pressure comes in sort of just assuming that the university is a neutral place. 
because this idea of secular neutrality isn't true. Like if you're framing even physics, even if something that seems like it's a mathematical thing in a worldview that's like there is no God, then everything kind of that flows out of that subtly shares a very opposed to God worldview throughout it. So, yeah, I think it's more a subtle thing that like, and through friends and interactions in the midst of that, there are problems and confrontations. And for someone who's a Christian, a lot of times it just feels like there's not a voice there, probably, I would think. Is it really possible for a a, a non-Christian university to have a neutral posture? To say that secularism is one of the views, religion, uh, theism is another view, and in our institution, uh, we are open to all of them. Is that even possible? Or do you just come out and say, look, our worldview is secular, good luck. Or Christian University, this is what we are. Almost like CNN and Fox, you know, this is our bias, this is how we do it. Take your, you know, pick your poison. Yeah, well, that, I, I, that's what, yeah, I think I'm really pointing to is that the secular point of view is, it's not much different than going to like uh, a Mormon university or uh, a Muslim university. You're going to get a lot of tracks being pushed in a certain direction when you're assuming, like usually it has to be either pluralism or there is no truth, <laughs> a relativistic point of view. When, mm-hmm. And those points of view have moral implications and if we don't recognize that then we're uh, we're fooling ourselves and I think one of the main challenges is when someone brings a claim like uh, what I heard happened at Vanderbilt University a number of years ago was they saw the statement of faith of some of the Christian clubs and someone made a and they said that uh, this group um, has a is excluding me and I can't be in leadership and that sort of thing uh, a lot of times administrators don't know how to deal with that. So a lot of times they so take... So Vanderb- a, a club in Vanderbilt had a statement that excluded Christians and, and the Christians... They, oh, I, I should make more clear. They had, it had a, a, a point of view on, on sexuality, like some clear statements on sexuality. Actually, most of the Christian clubs at that university in the States had that. So this was a Christian club that had a, a conservative view yeah, and a, then a, someone a said, that excludes me. Yeah. That's not what we're about. Yeah. And so then it becomes about treating the offended person and not about understanding that, uh, I mean, there is a broad, it excluded, apparently, I think they said 1,400 Christians and all the Christian clubs that had a statement like that were kicked off the university, um, which hasn't happened Who got here. kicked off? Uh, at, uh, all, a lot of Christian clubs at Vanderbilt University did, yeah, because of that. And so it's, it's interesting how, like, I guess there's a, uh, a fear. There's a fear there that in a secular worldview that if you expose people to something that's contrary to their point of view, then they're going to be injured. Or, I mean, it, a lot of the clubs I know, and, and obviously we do uh, in our groups, mm-hmm. we, we would include people. If they want, I mean, they don't have the same sexual ethic. It doesn't mean you can't come to our event. It just, it's difficult for someone to be in leadership. Mm-hmm and um, have a different point of view because then you're changing the club's focus and direction and it's no longer a traditional Christian view. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, think it's dif- I think it's difficult. A lot of times administrators are put in these positions and they're, they think of the public implications of it and that's what's driving the morality of a secular institution is the public's view of it rather than 
um, really caring and understanding all the sides and what's going on. And I, I mean, I love what um, Stan Fowler always talks about as a principled pluralism, like mm-hmm. thinking about how we would apply mm-hmm. it equally to both sides. So you're at uh, Laurier. Yeah, and Waterloo. Waterloo, Conestoga, maybe. Yeah, a bit at Conestoga. It hasn't opened up too much. Okay, <laughs> so yet. how's it going right now? You guys, uh, where are you on the curve in terms of evangelism? Business as usual, or is there a harvest, uh, yeah. sowing time, or what? Well, I have seen like, one young man that I'm connecting with is a new Christian, and just because of COVID, he uh, became really interested and uh, uh, almost like self-selected himself to find group and get connect. Now he's getting connected with a local church. And so I'm really glad for that. Uh, but yeah, it is harder meeting people in a COVID situation. Like we can't just hold events as many, but we, we did do a group, uh, an interaction with the Baha'i and the Hillel clubs um, just recently. And so we do have interfaith discussions, even in a small sense, like we only have 25 people in a room. Um, and we also have been doing a lot of things that care for people. Like uh, we actually partnered with a crafting club, which was quite intriguing. And we handed out hundreds of uh, de-stress kits to first-year students. A de-stress kit. Yeah. And just it was just a, a touch point, And Wouldn't I found it really getting interesting. Getting my hands on one of those. Yeah. They, well, students often, yeah, when it gets to closer to exam time right around now, we just handed them out. They, they often start in their first year, feel a little bit stressed. And so, like, I mean, we weren't overtly Christian in it in all areas, but we still made it known it was sent here by Power to Change and that, uh, like, we have some connections to, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, praying so for you, if, that if, sort of uh, thing. if young people from our churches uh, go into the university, some of them, I guess they would commute. They're not really in residence. But how would they uh, find support in Power to Change? Right. Yeah. Well, I think that it's a ministry of presence in a lot of ways. Like I, I see it as because it's a it's a it's not a neutral space. I mean, it's good to have peers. You make friendships. You develop spaces where you can study, still be connected around the Bible and in prayer, but really and and in prayer for like the people around them in that space. So they they would. I mean, we have a get involved form, and students get involved, and there's. There's just, I think the really one of the benefits is like we get to connect with so many different people from different backgrounds. So is that a, is that a ministry that you provide? You just draw Christian students in and, yeah. and they find you somehow and uh, it mm-hmm. becomes a point of connection and then they just do what they do naturally when they're encouraged. They they tend to witness with a little more confidence. Yeah, well, we, I mean, as staff, we provide training and mentorship and we, we help in uh, mm-hmm. fundraising and to enable them to have a chance to try out leading certain these things, some of these things and, and to be in community. And certainly there are objectives, but we don't assume everyone who comes yeah. into university is a trained missionary. No, we okay. want to make sure that they have time for and process to grow too. Well, Ryan Kreitzer, uh, team leader for Power to Change here in our universities, God bless you and uh, your staff and volunteers that work there. We just pray that God will really show up in our universities and Mm -hmm. give students the hope of the gospel. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with Ryan Kreitzer. Thanks for listening. 